Good evening, Patriots, and it's Saturday, April 23rd in the year 2022. And what can I say? Every night I get on here, I ask myself, is it going to be less crazy than yesterday? And the answer is always the same. No, because we are in the middle of an insane asylum with crazy people, crazy pedophiles running the world. And that's our reality. So as long as we get that straight, then I think it all makes sense, doesn't it? Hey, before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting your good sleep. Sleep is so essential and good products to sleep on. Comfortable sheets and pillows are essential. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Check out the fantastic savings. And if you go to MyPillow.com forward slash barge, you're going to see some of the latest savings on the MyPillow site. And those include 60% off on the Giza cotton sheets. Absolutely fantastic, super comfortable, super soft sheets that really do make a difference in your sleep. The MyPillow Classic is down as low as 1998. And you have men's and women's sleepwear down off 50% off. The My Slippers 50% off. All sorts of fantastic savings right now. And you can take advantage of those savings by using your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And you can use that promo code anywhere on the MyPillow site, on the frankspeech.com site, and on the MyStore site. So it's really an amazing deal. And there's a lot of great things on those sites. MyPillow, though, has all the things you're going to need to ensure that you absolutely get a great sleep. And in this time of, of our lives, when so much of the effort of these hand puppets and deep state operatives are trying to make it difficult for us to sleep because they're implying so much stress in our lives. Sleep is absolutely critical to keep your health strong and keep you in the fight. So again, head over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards. And if you want to speak to a real live person, call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and you will be able to speak to a Patriot Pillow Counselor, and they will rock your world with all sorts of great suggestions, and you can use your promo code Bards to get the great savings. And there you go. And they're going to hook you up. Well, Patriots, check this out. This is crazy. As of 2020, this is two years old now, there were over 161,000 homeless people in California. In Los Angeles County alone, the homeless population as of 2020 was 66,463. I don't know how they got that so accurate, but they did. They can't tell us how many illegal aliens there are in the country, but they can sure as heck tell us how many homeless there are. Because all of that translates always to the same thing. They're trying to steal more money out of the system. These people are just so sick, I'm telling you. And that is a really big problem, and it's going to be a massive problem as we see major government food systems and major corporate supply chains drying up intentionally, which is crazy. Of course, you're being warned. Here we go again. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? FBI warns of targeted cyber attacks on food plants after mysterious rash of fires. Let's translate this to real terms. FBI is telling the world that its cyber teams are going to shut down the cyber control systems at the food plants while the FBI's arsonist teams have been going around and burning them down. That's probably more like it. Something like that. Probably good. And, of course, they're, they're fanning the flames of this whole thing because at some point they're going to shut the Internet down I, or at least systematically try to shut down certain things. They have to because there's too much truth coming out and these dirtbags – are out here doing everything they can to crush humanity. And oops, humanity doesn't want to play. At least the good people like us, we don't want to play. We're not playing at all. This is a crazy one. Russian airlines are told to prepare for a world without GPS. How's that one? Now, the GPS, The reason I say this is crazy is that Russia has its own GPS system. And... It's their own name. I, I honestly, I can't. I'm going to see if I can find it here because I don't have the name of the Russian system off the top of my head. But here it says Russia's air traffic regulator sent a warning to airlines about potential upcoming flights without using the American global positioning system. See, that's the deal. We have the GPS system, and that the whole world has been using. But apparently, we're, something's going to. This is all the same game. This is all about fear and trying to take things away and we're all seeing this regionalism cropping up, right? You're seeing the Asian union cropping up in the central Asian union and the European union and the African union. 
And I swear they're going to break this country to the bones and then they're going to stand up and go, guess what? We have a great idea for everybody. Canada and the United States and Mexico and South America, we're all going to be the North American Union or the American Union or some garbage like that. And guess what I'm going to say? Nope. I'm not playing. I'm not playing at all. All of these things, so important. Absolutely so important. So <laughs> here's a comment under this article. It's it's the uh, absolute best comment ever. Not ever, but a good one for the day. I, I'll give it comment of the day. And this, this says um, FGPS, and then it says, let's talk about a world without ATF. Fed, CIA, DEA, and FBI. I'm ready to talk about that world. No Fed, no CIA, no DHS. And that would be a world to remember, wouldn't it? I'll tell you. So they're attacking ivermectin again. That's no surprise. I'm just kind of giving you some headlines of the crazy that's going on. And, of course, China... China has said that it would support Russia even if it used tactical nuclear weapons in the Ukraine war. Russia's been teasing that one up. As a matter of fact, the Russian, it was the UN Russia section, put out a, a tweet the other day that said that if there was a thermal nuclear war in, in uh, Ukraine, that the, there would be a global food shortage or famine. Yeah, I mean... You can see what they're trying to do here. One, they're trying to paint fear up the wazoo and trying to get people all panicked because they don't have much else. And I'm to be honest with you, and I, I'm, I haven't heard anybody like just say this is garbage. We just keep playing into it. It's going to be bad. Well, maybe it will be, but there's nothing we can do about it because the idiots are running the asylum. And when the, actually, I should say it this way, the convicts are running the asylum. The criminal cabal is running the asylum and we're all locked in. So whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. But I'll tell you this though, and, and this is the other side of the, of the supply chain issue. I don't know if you've seen the maps of Shanghai area because Shanghai is in lockdown. There's some theories now that China's locking it down for the sole purpose of just causing mass disruptions, which may be, I think it's more complicated than that because I think what we're actually witnessing here is as the dollar is imploding and it's imploding fast and much faster than they're telling anybody I don't think you understand we have to have a value in the dollar to buy things regardless I don't think there's enough I don't think the dollar has any value anymore even though they're telling you it does that's that's they're always going to tell you that they would if they could they would tell you that dog poo had value I mean that's the way these people are but Here's my theory, I, and so this is my theory, and I'm working to see if I can find the evidence to prove it, but there's some substantial, there's some ancillary evidence pointing to this. I think part of the reason that you're not hearing about new drilling contracts is because I think some dirt bags up in D.C. sold our lease rights to China. I think that with the implosion of the dollar that we've lost a lot of economic control over many, many systems in our nation, and we don't have the money to balance out the budget. So there's a lot of trade that's not happening. It's kind of a general overarching, like without getting into the weeds on that one, there are 470 ships waiting to deliver goods to China. This is sounding like that deal. And much of these delays are due to transport issues An estimated 90% of the trucks that support import and export activities are currently offline in China. That's kind of weird, isn't it? which is causing dwell time for containers at Shanghai Marine Terminals to increase, to increase drastically. So that means that they're sitting there longer. Wait times for Shanghai Marine Terminals has increased nearly 75% since the lockdowns begin. Delays at the Shanghai Terminal have sent ships to neighboring ports of Ningbo and Yangshan, but these ports are beginning to get congested as well. The global impact of this, this comes from Zero Hedge, by the way. The global impact of this current bottleneck are still pending and depend greatly on the length of Shanghai's lockdown. According to an article in Freight Waves, this could turn to the biggest supply chain issues since the start of the pandemic 
if China's marine shipping con- congestion isn't cleared up soon. All right, so I think we've seen this enough. This is like a repeating theme. They are, there's all sorts of restructuring going on in the supply chains, which is much bigger than just cosmetic realignment. I mean, this is stuff that is getting into financial realignment, the reset of the, the great reset. Everything is being shifted. They're trying to push things back to a regional tone. So you're going to start seeing like more alignment with North and South America, more alignment in Europe. At the same time, whether whoever side he's on, I have no idea at this point in time. I do, I do think that we've got a war going on between the elites, a black side and what I'm calling red hat side. Red team and black team. Black team is Biden. Red team would be MAGA. And that fight right now is, without a doubt, causing problems globally. Putin has definitely shaken up the tree. And for whether, whether he sits on the red team or on another team, I have no idea. But here's what I do know. Whatever he's doing, I sure love the fact that he's completely squeezing the heck out of the Ukraines. I don't know if you hear about this steel mill in Ukraine. Because it's pretty important. That steel mill has been confirmed to have something like a couple hundred kilometers of tunnels underneath it. So this is not a small thing. And that steel mill is what the Russians have done now is they've backed off of that steel mill and they've surrounded it. And as they have surrounded it now, they're basically just kind of squeezing it. There's apparently something, that's where the majority of the Azov Battalion is. They're underground in bunkers. And apparently there are also American, French, and other NATO generals and leaders, in, or I don't know if generals, but NATO personnel that are down there. And there is apparently a bioweapons lab underneath there. This would explain why we were dumping billions of dollars into that pit. And we were, there was no reason for us to be doing that, but we did it. So that steel mill, by the way, is in Marupol, Marupol. So, and Putin is, the word is that Putin's not letting the Azov militants surrender, which is good. I think he's going to clean them out and just be done with it. He's literally on a Nazi expungement tour. <laughs> I, I'd like to join that one. Like, what are you doing today? I'm going to do a Nazi expungement tour. Are there donuts? Yeah, I bet, you know, if I, I bet you if Putin offered buttermilk, old-fashioned glazed donuts. I, I, I forgot to mention this the other night in your preps. Because that's a critical thing. I, I have this belief who doesn't like a buttermilk glazed old-fashioned donut? I, if you don't like it, you're you're probably going to say something like, can we have vegan donuts? It's like, no, you can't. That's not going to be in my world. You don't get to have that. You can have buttermilk glazed old-fashioned donuts that are going to be fried in, in lard. There. So that's the answer. That's going to be the whole new world order under Bard's Nation. And I know not everybody's going to be happy with that, but I'm going to be happy with that. And then there's going to be, a, and when you order it, you automatically get a free side of bacon. Now, I, I have a bet that everybody that's halfway normal in the world, this would be the unity meal right there. You'd be like, we want to bring the world together. And people are going to be like, well, I don't want to hear this again. You're going to be like, buttermilk, old-fashioned glazed donuts with a side of bacon. They'll be like, dude, I'm in. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Jesus? Okay. I'm, I'm listening. Can I have that donut? You bet you can have that donut. I don't care what it takes. We'll bring some Jesus in with donuts. That'll be pretty good. So that's, the, that's how I see we can fix this thing. I bet if Putin went out here and said to everybody, you know what? If you all will just turn your TV off, I'll guarantee you, you can come to the Russian embassies across America. If you all just shut your TV off and we'll give you all buttermilk donuts, you'd have a good chunk of American patriots going, damn right, brother, I'll be at that Russian embassy tomorrow to get my free donuts. <laughs> it's really not that difficult when you think about it. Hey, by the way, I want to just make another quick shout-out because they are such fantastic people. I spent every Saturday now, I'm up 
learning how to be a butcher. That's my side gig going on. So I, I, I'm learning how to be a butcher. And I'm being taught by over at Helios Farms, which is up in Yonkala, Oregon, by Kira and Theo, the two owners of that farm. I'm telling you right now, they are the coolest people in the world. And the deal they're doing, if you have any, if you're in the region of Oregon in particular, and you want to get over there and get involved in like a, let's see, what would that, what do they call it? It's a, like a farm share program. So like herd share, milk share, that sort of stuff. They are literally delivering, get this. I mean, this is amazing to me. I mean, they're, they're delivering to over 300 families weekly, weekly milk and eggs off of a, off of an 80 acre farm. And that capacity can go up a whole lot more. That's incredible. And it's completely like there's no, there's not a bit of chemicals used anywhere. That's It's like beyond organic. So anyway, I just want to make a quick shout out because these people are so awesome. And what I'm learning up there is amazing. I would encourage anybody and everybody to get involved in getting a skill like farming, butchering, something like that. Get involved, get tr- some training going on because you meet great people anyway. And it's a, it's a much needed skill. Here's the thing. And I, I just find this really amazing. And when we're around animals and we're around the farm environment, there's just such a native balance to things. It's very much as God intended type of balance. I I said this, I think I shared this story, maybe not, but when you put a pig down, it's kind of always kind of interesting. I raised pigs down in South Georgia a few years ago. So coming up here, it's really kind of cool to see how they do it. And they do a great job. Everything's super humane, all this. But, you know, when you put a pig down, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can put a pig down with, like, you can have a whole bunch of pigs, right? Like, and you have a hog you're going to put down. And you can put that pig down, like, like see, oh, this is going to offend somebody. I swear I'm going to get an email on this. So whatever, here we go. You, you shoot them. That's just how I do it. You shoot them in between the eyes and they will fall. And here's what's amazing as the other pigs, all you have to do is throw some grain down the way and they just kind of get up and they just walk on down and they start eating the grain and they don't even know the other one's dead. And that's kind of the, and that's just kind of the deal. That's like life, right? Because this is all part of the food cycle. And it's when you're around this, environment and I've talked a lot about this on this on their farm up there because they have a great internship program up there fantastic and they've got some very dedicated and talented young people that's just really inspiring to see and they talk about Jesus and they talk about and it's all through the process not like let's sit down and give you a lecture it's the process of life and the balance which is where I've you hear me talk a lot about that this is why I get along so well with them because it's not about going out with the Bible and beating somebody on the head, though I have told you there are days that I would love to do that to a bunch of liberals. There are some liberals that I would literally like to smack them upside the head with the Bible and go, look, read it or feel it. But one other way I'm going to bring Jesus to your life. But anyway, that's I digress. And, um, but what's really awesome is that they look at the whole ministry that they do through the process of the life on the farm. And I just think that's fantastic. And they work with a lot of young people, which is fantastic because a lot of young people need this. And these are young people, when I say this, they're in their 20s and 30s, like really, I right, like 20 young 30s, right? And they're out here giving a full-on commitment to an internship to learn the skills of farming. That's fantastic hope right there. So hat tip to them but also just as a kind of a continuation of that discussion, it is literally sowing seeds. And I, it's so important that we really get into that place because all of this other nonsense, and I just kind of going through the headlines mainly to highlight the insanity of a world that we now live in, which is more than insane. And it is the, we are literally looking at the asylum from outside, but we are seeing the asylum and it is an asylum. I mean, who makes, just to, to highlight that, who exactly would ever think of making an emoji of a pregnant man? That's Apple's latest. 
You tell me we are not in an asylum. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know what happened here. Was, I, I woke up one morning and I was like, huh? What? <laughs> what, what just happened? It's like the world literally just like inverted on its head. That's about where we are. This is Satan's lair. And I'm like, nope, you're, you're leaving. I rebuke you. I'm going to kick you out. You're not coming back. And we're going to take dominion over you and throat stomp you when we're through. But anyway, here's the thing is that we really need to spend a lot of time encouraging youth. And that's what I find is that many of these, these youth that are coming to the farm at Helios Farms is they're not coming there familiar with Jesus or even in that place of having grown up with necessarily having grown up in a church or anything like that. It's not that type of thing. In fact, they're finding that a lot of people are coming to them that are searching and are, are looking. And I just find this fantastic because it's such a statement to where our greatest strength is. You've heard me talk about this, and I, when you go up and find somebody else that's living it and doing it, it's really fantastic. And they are doing it, and they're they're putting a lot of effort, and it's a, a discipline, and it's hard work, by the way. I don't know, you know, like today we we started early, not early, but I I left early, but it's a it's a bit of a drive, but we started butchering at nine, and we went essentially nonstop until seven o'clock tonight. And that's pretty much any Saturday. And and I was out there on Wednesday, and I'm going out again tomorrow because we've got some more stuff to finish up. But this is the farm work is hard work, but it's like any work you do with your hands. I had my construction company, a small small construction company, not like, not like I was a foreman. I designed, I did small design build company. I grew up as a Kind of, my dad was a remodeling contractor, so I grew up in a construction family. My great grandfather, Kelly Kesterson, was um, a carpenter. In fact, Kelly Kesterson had was notorious. The Rattlesnake Schoolhouse still exists out in eastern Montana. By the way, he built that back around the turn of the of nineteen hundreds era, and his whole thing was show me a picture and I'll build it for you. And he had two kind of tool trunks, if you will, tool, tool bags, tool trunks, mostly. And that's all his tools were, and he could build anything. I mean, like when I say that, a house, any whatever you needed, he would build it. And it was all hand tools, saws, planes, that sort of thing. I finally have rebuilt a kit like his, which is really awesome, and I still have a couple of his saws. How's that? Pretty neat. So my point of this is I, I spent a lot of my years in my youth learning my dad's trade, and then I, when I got back to Oregon in 1999, I took it back up, and then I started my own company in 2000, and I basically took my dad's company and took it over, and then I took it up to Portland, and that's where I what I did until 2000, end of 2005, and then I went to Afghanistan and did all that stuff. But um, for five years, I ran a construction business and I was just I was me and I had one or two employees everything that I did I designed and I built myself and it was awesome I mean I, and it's exhausting work and it's very rewarding work when you're doing that I think everybody knows that and it's just so farm work is very much like that when I say that because I'm not a farmer I'm a really good gardener and I'm a good urban homesteader, but I'm not a farmer, but I'm going to be a super smoking good butcher when I'm done that I will guarantee you. Um, because there's no reason to start something unless you're going to be really good at it or at least commit to be really good at it. But the whole point of this is that we, when we get back to the principles of sowing seeds and putting our hands in the earth or putting our hands on wood or doing things again with our hands, anybody that does this knows what I'm talking about. There's value in life. And it's important value in life. And when we get in there, we're doing tangible things. We are literally immune to a lot of the insanity that's around the world. Because we're using gifts and talents within us to create amazing things 
with our hands. There is no substitute for that. And unfortunately, a lot of this youth that has grown up has never known that. They're not taught that in school. They've taken Votech vocational training out of most schools. And so you sever the relationship with God. You sever the relationship with tangible creation of your hands, and you put them in the world of critical race theory, queer theory, and common core. I can't think of a worse cocktail than that. And then we're surprised when we have youth that are thinking that the that socialism started with social media. That's a true statement, by the way. So we, we really have to get back to the basics. And when I say going back to go forward, I truly mean that. It's important to go back to go forward. And part of that is getting our hands back into the things. Understanding where our food comes from is essential. Understanding how your house is built is essential. That's one, one experience that I think changes people. There's a couple of them that change people pretty radically. One is if you're involved in building a house because you, you get your hands into everything and you do everything if you're involved in it. At one point or another, you're going to be touching every aspect of that construction process if you're involved with it. And it really changes your perspective on what it takes in terms of time and commitment and skill level to do a great job. It's easy to look at stuff. And this is a lot of the problem of our youth is they play video games or they see stuff online and in their head they're like, oh, I can do that. Actually doing it is a different thing. I mean, we, we are dealing with a youth, many of them that like coming into the military, they don't even know how to throw a ball well. That's kind of weird, isn't it? And yet that's the truth. They can hardly throw a baseball, which makes it very difficult when you're trying to throw grenades, by the way. That was a real discussion we had at one of the labs I was at is how to design a grenade that these kids could understand. And they were looking at making it like a joystick because kids understood how to use a joystick, but they didn't know how to throw a baseball anymore. I'm not exaggerating about any of that. And so you get into this place when, when you start to connect with the origins of things, and food is fundamental to us. So when we get into the origins of food and we start to understand where it comes from we start to appreciate what God gave us the problem we have right now is that food is something that's packaged at a store so there's no concept of origin and they can do whatever they want with it until people pick it up and eat it and then I don't there's a video that was around I have no idea if this is for real I mean I looked at it pretty closely it didn't look like there was any sort of manipulation of CGI but it was pretty weird and it wouldn't surprise me either. Um, a guy had bought a big tub of peanut butter from Kroger, Kroger peanut butter. And he was having a little freak out there on TikTok. And oh, yeah, I know it could be fake, but, and I'm saying like it could be fake, but I could not deter, I could not identify any CGI or green screen or anything like that with this. And he literally unscrews the lid and that, and I'm not exaggerating, this peanut butter is like breathing. It's like, and he's like, what is this? Um, of course, I'm thinking, well, that's called nanotech. And that's called biological organisms that they're growing in the lab. That's probably like grown in a lab peanut butter or something. But we do need to get back to the origins of our food, and it's really important. I think the gift that we're being given right now by God, which is so amazing, is that the dependency that we've created on the supply chains has given away so much of our sovereignty and our liberty because we have walked into their trap of them saying, hey, it's going to be easy to go to the grocery store. And we, we step away from a lot of the, the scriptural basis of who we are. I mean, think about how many parables are done around the idea of, of farming and agriculture. There's a lot. And that relationship to the land, that relationship to the earth, that relationship to the living things and beasts and animals and so forth of the world that's fundamental to who we are. There's an interconnectivity. And yet this, this obsession with trying to go into high tech and it's a trap. It's truly a trap. I mean, you, they want you to go there. They want you to be lured into those spaces. And there's, we're, at, we're getting farther and farther away from the origins of who we are and how we should be connected. So when you're butchering a pig as an example, if you haven't done that before and you haven't gone through the process of 
of the kill and the scald and the and the gutting and then to get through the, the whole process of cleaning. I mean, that used to be in the South, for example, still a traditional South, South Georgia, so I don't know about Texas, because Texas is kind of South, but it's kind of Texas, so it's not really the same. But I do know that in the South, Eastern Georgia, they still do, can do a traditional wedding, and a traditional wedding in Georgia, and it does happen, At the after the wedding, they all come together and they butcher a pig. And it's the whole deal. They put a pig down. They they scald it. They scrub all the hair off of it. They gut it. I mean, that's that's part of the after wedding party. And I say all that because this is very much part of who we were. One of the reasons they say that many of the World War II veterans didn't suffer from the PTSD, though they carried a lot of heavy burdens on them, is because most of them were farm guys. And they had raised, been raised on the farm and they understood the principles of life and death. It's also what made American soldiers so ferocious. They weren't detached from the concepts of life and death. They were tied to it. They were t- committed to it. And that's really the real connection that I think most of what we're missing in these days is a connection of real. I talk about it a lot in terms of war because we are at war. But that realism occurs pretty much everywhere when you are literally doing real things. So if you're a welder, if you're, if you're a, a, cons- a construction guy, like doing the work, not just, you know, being a foreman, but uh, like timber framing, log, log cabin building or log how home building. These are very real trades. Farming has an unbelievable range. You heard from Mark Baker the other night and talk about a small world. Watch this. So Theo and Kira have their farm up here. Mark Baker has his farm in Ohio. The resistance chicks, I'm sorry, Mark Baker has his farm in Michigan. The resistance chicks have their place in Ohio. And all of us have now become connected with Mark Baker connecting the resistance chicks and I and now Theo and and Kira. Isn't that amazing? And everybody's doing the same thing. We're all trying to build sort of self-sustainment with food. There's a ton about that that's in common. And so we really have to get ourselves back to the principles and basics of what it is to be alive. You can't live without food. And you can't live without water. And you can fast. I have fasted for 45 days. You can fast. You still need water. But at some point, you're going to need food. And the quality of food that we have defines who we are to a large degree. And as we get back to the basics of taking care to grow our own food and getting back to the gifts that God gives us, we start to reconnect in a much deeper way spiritually. I'm of the belief that at this point in time, we are literally experiencing a sword that's being put to the earth. And I think what God is doing is he's, giving us all a glimpse as to how vulnerable we are. And we have a time window because everything you hear is the same. You're now hearing it said regularly. We will begin to see shortages coming into the fall. Some say as soon as July 4th. And those shortages will increase up through next year. And then 2023, 2024 will continue to be pretty bad. So everyone's giving a warning. And you can't store enough food for all of that. You can try. And I'm sure somebody will prove me wrong. They'll be like, dude, I have seven years of food or 20 years of food. I'll be like, good, <laughs> good on you. You can, But I've said many times, six months minimum, one year ideal for basics to keep to basic sustenance. And a lot of that can be rice and beans. But you definitely need to be growing food and you need to be having seeds and learn how to save seeds. And you need to be looking at your proteins. I mean, where is the protein going to come from? It's not coming from the sky. So you can decide to have a nut tree and you can have grow peanuts, and that's one source of protein. But your most efficient proteins are going to come from meat and fish and poultry. So whether that's going to be livestock animals like pigs and, and sheep and cattle, or you're going to grow rabbits, or you're going to grow chickens and ducks or you're 
going to grow fish. But one way or another, you can, those proteins are very difficult to replace in a pure vegetarian diet. And by the way, before someone corrects me on that, I ate, I stayed, I was on a solid vegetarian diet for four years of my life. Okay, so yes, I do know what I'm talking about. It is very difficult to replace those proteins. And it's, and that's why they're, they're very efficient proteins. So all of this I get to is my point that we really need to be, all of us, digging our hands into the earth and connecting back with the principles of where our food comes from. Because I think the source of food is the richness of what God gives us. And as we dig in deep to that and we're building that wholesome base around us, not only are we nurturing our bodies, we're nurturing our, our soul, and we're also connecting in a deeper way to God. And I can tell you that for a fact. I mean, it's when you're watching the interaction with animals and people in this sort of unique ecosystems of balance that many of these farms have the harvesting of an animal is no is just a course of life and there's a lot that comes through that lesson especially with the younger people that are having to witness life and death in real terms you don't get to be emotionally heavily attached to an animal they're they're friendly there's a connection they communicate well to people but there's a function for things and everything has a purpose and function. If we got a lot of our youth back to the farms, there would not be any time to be worrying about what their gender was or what color rainbow flag they were under today. That's all nonsense. And so ultimately, it's about us really coming together as people, kind of reclaiming who we are. And who we are is rooted very, very deeply, in my opinion, in our relationship to food and our relationship through food and through the origins of where we get our food, which ties us directly to God and kind of that whole framework of our origins in the garden. Isaiah 53, 6, all of us like, sh- all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Important words. Deuteronomy 8.10, When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. And that's ultimately where we arrive, is the land. We've taken a lot of it for granted, and we take our homes for granted. We turn our homes into toxic lawns and ridiculous landscapes. I don't think God ever intended for us to turn these things into just pretty places to hang out and play and do nothing with. Our homes are were always intended to be us being stewards of the land. And stewards of the land also means stewards of us, meaning we are using the land for the benefit of us and others. In this age that we're in, there is the farm in some places, if you have a garden, it's a bit of an anomaly. Not much so now, but in, in the past years, the garden was like, oh, they're a gardener, like kind of like it was a quirky thing. While people grow big lawns and have whatever ridiculous stuff going on in their backyards, we have a responsibility to use the land that God gave us to steward it and to provide for ourselves and provide for others in the best possible way we can. And those commitments take time. They take dedication. But I think they're blessed by very nature of what they are. When we commit on that path, God is smiling when that happens because we're truly taking stewardship of what has been given, not just to put some pretty grass up in a bush or something or arbovitas, which I can't stand but instead to be building something that will provide bounty. Because when we get into the bounty of the garden, we start to discover the unlimited wealth and bounty that God gave us. And that to me is one of the greatest gifts that centers in our participation in food is that we discover that as we steward that, God gives us so much more back. And when we start taking responsibility for our food, we start to reclaim our sovereignty again because we are now tending to our needs in the most fundamental way. 
and each step from there grows. So this message I've been hitting on for quite some time, and I'm going to continue to hit on it hard. We need to get our hands in the dirt. We need to sow seeds. It's important. And it's not just because the food shortage is coming, because it is. But it's because what we're here to do is to sow seeds. We are literally to expand the kingdom. And there's no better way to do that than to physically do it, to experience it, to see the bounty that God provides, which is truly wealth. At the time that we come to a point where we count our seeds as much as we count our dollars, we will have finally come to a point of understanding where the true wealth is. And it's not in dollars. It's in seeds. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight very humbled, very blessed by all that you give and all the bounty you've provided for us on this earth. Lord, we just pray for great stewardship tonight. Stewardship of people to just take a place where we can assume the responsibility in our lives for providing food for ourselves and to take that challenge to try to be truly independent of a corporate system that wants so much to snare us in with the things that we don't need and the lures of the latest fashion or the coolest color cereal box or whatever else. These are shiny little trinkets that are really the tricks of Babylon. So Father, when we've stepped on those paths and we've stepped away, forgive us, but in the, as we stand here now, we're just asking for that amazing blessing for all the gardens that we have and all the seeds we're to sow. Guide us in this time. Give us the opportunities to sow many more and to build many more gardens. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Sowing seeds, building gardens, raising animals, raising your own food. It doesn't get any better or any more fundamental than that. And that's literally going back to go forward. I think that's in, in that place, we truly learn a lot about who we are. We grow constantly. And ultimately it kind of comes back to that one passage that I've read so much since Bard's Fest, which is Jeremiah six sixteen. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. That's really our split right now is who will walk this path and ask the Lord for the ancient paths. I think that's a critical piece here. And what I can say is from my own prayers and own experiences, as I ask more of those doors of the ancient paths open up. So I just encourage you to try if you're so inclined. Otherwise, you can say you don't want to walk in it. And I think that's going to be the wide gate and the path to destruction. The narrow gate's a tough walk. It's not going to get easy or easier. Time becomes an issue that we have to use every moment of our time, in my opinion right now, to gain skills and to build what we need to in our homes and in our neighborhoods. And I think that dedication, when we put God first in all of that, it becomes such a motivation that we can't get enough and we don't want to sleep at all, though we have to a little bit to rejuvenate. But it becomes just a constant obsession of wanting to do more, 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 because it's truly is changing the world when we do it. We have the power to transform this world. There's no question about that. And we have a power to shape the world that we want to be in. They want us to believe that it's already a rigged and fixed game at the end. And I'm, my answer is, no, it's not. And the reason it's not is because we've got God and they don't. And we have been given the authority to step on snakes and scorpions and the authority over all the power of the evil and because we're God's children and we will do what God leads us to do and it doesn't include them and we will do whatever we need to in that process to break away and truly exodus this nonsense and we will revitalize the world through the fundamentals where it begins with food and sovereignty. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. 
this is a beautiful time to be alive and a huge opportunity to reach. And I, I would just say that right now as our prayers go up to reach to God, ask what you need. When it comes to these topics, like wanting to get back to basics, reach and ask because doors are being thrown wide open. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, a very blessed night. I will see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Safe place 
to hide from the rain. 